What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast, where we seek to restore women with God's truth for their everyday lives. I'm Tashiba Oliver. And I'm Leah Ross, and we're your hosts. This season, we've got some exciting things in store. So join us as we study God's Word, celebrate women living faithfully on mission, and dive into cultural issues through a biblical lens. You ready, Tashiba? Girl, yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's Let's go. go. Welcome back to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are in the midst of um, our series, Books to Delight In. Mm-hmm. And today... Oh my goodness. We have... We always say it's a treat, but today is No, no, no. No. Today, every woman who every gets to listen to this woman. and then hit share with the podcast, you're giving an early Christmas gift, a <laughs> Friendsgiving gift to... <laughs> All of your friends, send it to your mama, send it to your friends, send it to your cousins, send it to your pastor, okay? Your pastors, okay? All, all um, the things. Because it's today we have uh, the pleasure of having Rachel Jones as our guest. Welcome, Rachel. Yes. Thank you. What an introduction. We are so excited for this conversation <laughs> because you wrote a book called A Brief Theology of Periods. Mm. Yes, really. Yes, really. The periods that we all experience. And, and we know that like not there's not a lot of airwave space no. given to this conversation on periods for, for Christian women. And so I really appreciate uh, getting to jump into this today. But before we do that, if you guys don't know who Rachel is, um, you're in for a treat. Yes. Um, she's written several books, not only The Brief Theology of Periods, but also Is This It?, um, and several in the series, Five Things to Pray. She currently serves as a vice president editorial at the Good Book Company and also helps teach kids and serve on the mission core team at her church in uh, King's Church in Chessington, London. London. You heard it? London, baby. You heard it? We're international. <laughs> We're international now. You're welcome. Okay, ladies. Listen, Rachel, it's so great to have you. And thank you for being on the podcast with us today. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you came to the point of writing a brief theology of periods. Yeah, I suppose the bio sums it up, really. Um, So, yeah, in my job at the Good Book Company, uh, I have the pleasure of reading lots of book proposals uh, on lots of different subjects. Um, but never on this one. And it happened a few years ago. I had, uh, I had written a blog, uh, to promote a different book about, uh, like a five minute theology of periods. Cause I was a little bit obsessed with the subject. Uh, cause I've always been curious. I have periods. I've always wondered why, why God? Um, my God. <laughs> and yeah, this blog kept getting lots of views month after month. Uh, kind of years after we posted it, people still mm. searching for it and finding for it. And I just thought one day, you know, maybe maybe there's more to say uh, on this subject. And um, coupled with that, a sort of awareness, some, some good friends who really struggle with their periods. One friend in particular who um, has endometriosis. Uh, we didn't know that at the time, but kind of walking with her through that through that journey um and just wanting to make uh women like her feel seen feel you know this mm. huge part of her life huge part of her discipleship and really digging into you know what what god has to say about that mm-hmm. 
Yeah. A huge part of our discipleship. Yeah. And uh, not your, I don't think your average Christian would say that like, oh, periods are a huge part of our discipleship. But when it becomes a point of um, suffering or when it just becomes a point of like, this is such a part of my life, yeah. how does God enter into it? Um, and so I really value that you took time to write for us about that. Mm-hmm. Um, in your book, you talk about um, how everything in life and around us says something about our creator. Mm-hmm. It reveals something about God. It points to, as Romans one twenty says, the invisible qualities about God. So as we bring that into this topic of periods, what would you say for us periods say about God? One of the most uh, fascinating things kind of researching this book was I realized how little I knew about my periods. You know, you kind of have the talk when you're like 10, 11, you kind of get given a booklet at school, or at least we did. Um, And then you're like, okay, here are some diagrams. Uh, and then, and then it happens and then you, you forget all that. Um, and so, you know, I realized I'd been having a period, you know, every month for years mm-hmm. without really understanding how it worked. And as I kind of dug into the, the hormones, you know, the, the idea that the pituitary gland in my brain could, you know, secrete a hormone that tells my, my ovaries to do something. And then, you know, like this whole intricate cycle that that works without me you know having to 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 do anything you know without any kind of conscious thought on my part mm-hmm. um it's just incredible and you know that that shows us just how incredible god is as our creator as our designer you know none of that is by by chance that is that is designed by god um and and these kind of yeah these these reproductive cycles that are for life for creation um and kind of god's generous spirit in that um you know yeah it it's it's incredible i i don't know what's going on inside my body um but the god who made it does mm-hmm. um and that mm-hmm. just kind of speaks to who he is Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for us as women, like just as much as it speaks to his greatness, his wonder, we also experience the fallenness side uh, in our humanity when we enter into this time of the month, right? And you talk about in your book about like Genesis 3 and like the impact of the curse. And so how does this theology of origin of pain to our conversation on periods impact us? And how do we sort of reconcile Genesis 3 of both the curse and also towards the juxtaposition, towards the hope of that? Mm -hmm. Like we're not seeing, oftentimes when we look at our periods, we don't see it with this great joy as you have so wonderfully articulated about the God of creation, but we see it more from a Genesis 3 context. Mm, So mm. speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, periods hurt, don't they? They they hurt even when they're kind of quote-unquote normal. Uh, And then they, you know, they hurt even more if you've got uh, endometriosis or polycystic ovaries or like Mm -hmm. any number of these kind of conditions that uh, many women in our churches are struggling with uh, kind of, in an in a in an unseen way a lot of the time 
Um, and so, yeah, that kind of that kind of mirrors this sort of juxtaposition we get in Genesis of this, you know, chapter one and two, this this life, this joy, uh, this energy, and then chapter three, sin enters the world, and you know, we we hear God's curse on His uh, creation, and in particular, that line uh, where he says to Eve, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's really sobering. And we, we see that, we see that not just in childbearing, but also in the kind whole, you know, the whole system, um, that seems kind of so prone to malfunction mm-hmm. for so many people. Um, and this idea that we, we live in a fallen world, a world that is, under the consequences of sin, um, you know, not not our personal sin necessarily, but you know, this the system is broken. Um, mm-hmm. and in many ways it's it's the most beautiful things that have become the most badly broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because right. we we live yeah. in this world that is that has kind of twisted the order uh and and rebelled against our creator. And so, you know, stuff doesn't stuff doesn't work. And and um yeah. But but also uh, in that in that same passage, you get that wonderful promise um, that there's going to be an offspring yeah. from Eve who is going to crush the serpent's head. There's going to be this snake crusher uh, come to destroy evil, um, and he and he's not going to you know be this champion who rides out of heaven on a horse. He's going to be God Himself who takes on flesh. Yeah. Uh, dignifying the human body, and who comes from the body of a woman who was who was born of Mary, um, mm-hmm. and again, just kind of dignifying that that whole process. Um, and so, yeah, even there in Genesis three, you kind of get this this mixture of uh, real real kind of pain in the present in a fallen world, but also this real hope. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's tied up in that same kind of. Uh, childbearing motif. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love it. I love the the reality of the hope in the midst of what yeah. is broken. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, coming through the beauty of the created body. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is that points us to the fact that Jesus is on is in the beginning. He's he's on the scene, um, promising hope. And I mean, to me, I'm like, that is, that is good. That's the good news that even as we move through, if you're talking about from Genesis 3 all the way up through yeah. uh, the Old Testament, like yeah. this repetition of like, our hope is not in the ritual. Our hope is not in these sacrifices that we don't have that um, promise that actually ends the curse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of that context, right? We have, um, you know, we have Jesus who comes onto the scene. And uh, when often when Christians do think of blood, as we're talking about periods, mm-hmm. we um, think of Jesus. We simply think of him in the cross, though. Um, but what about blood's role in redemption um, can give us, can draw us into this story even through uh, our monthly reminder <laughs> that blood is on the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting when you kind of trace that theme of blood through the Bible. Yeah. Uh, how many times it comes up. So, um, you know, right after Genesis 3, you get Genesis 4, where you've got Cain killing his 
his brother Abel, and there's this this idea that the the blood cries out against him. Right. Um, and then as you go on, you have uh, you know, the sacrificial system with the tabernacle and then the temple. And a lot of blood is being spilt <laughs> in that temple, you know, uh, yeah. kind of, you know, sprinkling it on the on the altar. Like it's 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 gory, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's messy. Like redemption is 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 messy. And there's this kind of repeated idea that the the life of a creature is in its blood and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the animal dies so that you don't have to die as an Israelite. Um, and then obviously, you know, Jesus on the cross. Um, which is interesting that it, that the kind of gospel writers they don't they don't emphasize the blood in many ways. Yeah. Um. Uh. But then you know you get to Revelation. Um. You get that beautiful picture of God's people in, in white robes that have been washed by the blood of the Lamb, which mm-hmm. I just think is really funny because mm-hmm. we all know uh, blood is hard to How wash can, out. Man. It's hard. It's, it's so hard. hard. It's so hard. That's <laughs> right. Y'all try it. You know, yes. this is a detergent. Don't have more blood. But no, but that's you know, that's the that's the kind of surprising picture the yes. Bible storyline gives us that, yeah. that that this deep suffering on the cross, this this blood shed mm-hmm. for us can make us can make us clean. Um mm-hmm. and so yeah, you know, and, and we live in such a sanitized world, don't we? You know, the ancient Israelites would have been you know, dealing with blood and guts all, all the time, you know, just, just you know, farming. Um, but we live in such a sanitized world now, don't we? But but here's mm-hmm. still this thing, you know, when we when we have our period that kind of brings us to the, you know, can, can maybe even just sort of bring alive that kind of that kind of realness of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one day around the throne will be as real then as we, you know, as our periods are real now, as as kind of as created and, and kind of, you know, not not some wishy-washy kind of ethereal thing, but 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 solid and real and, and joyful. Hey ladies, I gotta put you onto something for this holiday season. Foray jewelry. It's not just jewelry, it's a whole vibe, kingdom and ethical, straight out of St. Louis. I love that the organization empowers refugee women with skills and work that they can do in the office or at home. It's like wearable art with a backstory that hits you right in the heart. All of their jewelry is handmade by refugee women. I grabbed the journey ring, the brass collar, and the Zoom Zoom earrings because I'm more of a minimalist kind of black woman. But Leah, what'd you grab? Girl, I got the Indra Staple Threader gold earrings and the Asmara Hammered Loop earrings in brass because me, I'm a textured and statement gal through and through. And ladies, right now until December 31st, Foray is giving you a blessing with a 15% off discount code. When you purchase, just put in TUCW as the promo code and you are good to go. Give back while getting decked out and check them out, ladies, at foray.org. That's F-O-R-A-I.org. Our style, their story. We have this unique view as women, this unique reminder of, like you said, even in a sanitized world, we're not removed from the presence of blood through our periods. And so we have a unique position to remember exactly what you said. The line, the theme of blood through scripture is so purposeful, both in reminding us of our need and then providing the actual cleansing that Jesus brings. That's so beautiful. Totally, totally. 
And and at the same time, because we know that truth, the temptation in our humanity, right? Because we live in the in the right now, but also the not yet, right? Which is that we can indulge in a path of folly towards the indulgence of our emotions at that time of the month. And so the temptation towards our emotions while also not fully em- embracing the truth of the third person of the triune Godhead, which is the Holy Spirit, um, is very real. And there's a temptation to not bring that to the Holy Spirit. So if we are to be women who live liberated lives through Christ, how are we invited by the Holy Spirit to redeem the narrative of our periods in our lives today um, through his through His work as he indwells us? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, you know, every day of the month, through all the ups and downs, not just of our hormones, but, you know, all the all the other things in life, um, you know, every day is bringing new opportunities to to depend on the spirit. Um, and, you know, sometimes our circumstances sort of turn up the dial on what was in our hearts all along. You know, sometimes, mm. you know, if you're, you know, if I'm if I'm raging, you know, if I've got PMT rage, uh, you know, that that's actually kind of those hormones are real and they're kind of turning up the dial on 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 what was in my heart all along, you know, the seeds that are... That mm. um, and, you know, maybe maybe if every day the same was, was the same battles with the same intensity, you know, maybe we'd uh, lose the impetus to fight. But as it is, um, you know, each day brings, brings new things. Um, and in the book, I, I kind of go to Colossians, Colossians 3, uh, in that passage where Paul tells the Colossians to kind of put to death uh, sexual immorality and impurity and anger and malice um, and to set their, set their minds on things above. And, you know, that's both kind of reassuring and challenging. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's reassuring that these are real Christians in Colossae. Uh, but they need to hear that, you know, they need to hear, you know, put to death your anger and your malice because clearly they haven't, they haven't already. Yeah. Um, and yet uh, there's also that real challenge there to, to be who we are in Christ. You know, we've uh, uh, set our minds on things above where Christ is, where our life is. That is who we are. Um, and like you said, the Holy Spirit is, is with us, empowering us. Uh, on every day with its different challenges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I know that that's what originally brought me to your book, Rachel. As I said a little bit before we uh, hit record, is in a moment in my life when I was like, okay, hormones or Holy Spirit? Like, we got it. We got to figure out who's coming out on top of it in this scenario. Yeah. Um, and that is such a reminder that because we have the Holy Spirit. Even in, I love what you said. It amplifies what's already there. Already there. I was just about to say that. And if you think about how God often works, it's suffering is his means of grace. And Mm -hmm. so in the, in the embodied suffering of our cycles and our hormones going up and down, we have a means of grace because in that place, we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize. Yeah. But in every way, right? Mm-hmm. Like yet without sin, yet without sin. And and so yeah. there's so much hope that 
this thing is is magnified in this moment and it's giving me a unique opportunity to trust Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which even as you were saying what what you said, Rachel, I was thinking like you said, oh, well, it's amplifying what's already in the heart. And for many of us as women, I don't know if we necessarily operate with this self-awareness, not just in, in the time of menstruation, but I would say often in day-to-day rhythms, are we being women who are attuned to our heart, our emotions, what's happening in our souls, right? That is being amplified, not just in moments of menstruation, but in moments of hardship and suffering, like Leah um, is saying. And I think that that's such a, a tutor for us. That's like, a, you're, you just gave us a path of wisdom of like, are you aware of, what is going on in your heart? Are you aware of what is happening in your week that could be, that is laying dormant, right? That that could lead to temptation, to, um, to sin. And are you bringing it to Christ and setting your mind on things above where Christ is, you know? And, and sometimes it's kind of like, common grace stuff as well you know like if I'm burning the candle at both ends and I'm trying to do too much and I'm you know then then that's when you know I start sniping at my housemates uh Mm -hmm. well not not only at those times but but like even more so at those times so you know it's about it's the you know part of it as well as the kind of spiritual aspect part of it is also you know you know are we are we looking after ourselves physically are we resting? Mm. Are we um, taking hold of those sort of common grace means? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? What? Yeah. I feel. I feel like you're articulating this, and I think that's my next question. Like, what has this looked like for you, Rachel, mm. to practically um, apply this to your life? You're going into it like, hey, I'm. If if I have a full schedule. Um, at this time of the month, I need to give myself grace yeah. or the temptation is going to be to snap mm-hmm. at my housemates at every single moment because I've just filled myself up and I know that I don't have the bandwidth. Yeah, how do we pay attention to, to our, our bodies? bodies. Yeah, our yeah. bodies. Yeah, like it can be helpful to like track your periods. Some I know some people find that really helpful. I just don't have enough follow through to quite do that. I go through waves. Um, but yeah, you know, like it's it, sometimes it's just really helpful to know when it's going to come. Um, and yeah, it's sort of keeping an eye on those evenings and weekends. Am I am I overcommitting? Um, you know, it's having a sense of of how much I can do in different sort of seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like God, God sometimes gives us grace to to sort of overextend ourselves for the sake of another. Yeah. Um, but there's also kind of being, you know, wanting to be wise and wanting to to rest well. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of the Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. 
And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. As you talked about, he dignifies the body by sending an incarnate Christ. Like Mm -hmm. Jesus puts on a body. Yeah. And in that way, there's something to be said about the embodied existence. And so I think what I really appreciate is you're saying, pay attention to it, um, listen to it, um, you know, don't overextend in a way that is not led by the Lord yeah. um, and listen to the rhythms of the rest that he gives us. He gives us limitations for good purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you also talked about like the middle school years and how, um, you know, menstruate, how you gained knowledge about menstruation. But I think for us as Christian women, how do we build better narratives for generations to come and see the beauty of menstruation versus this shame and embarrassment um, and this disconnect from scripture? How do we invite women towards those better narratives? Yeah, one of the fun things uh, writing this book, I I asked a lot of women their first period stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and, <laughs> uh, you know, some of them are very memorable. We some, all have some them. Of them some, some of them were less so, but they seem to all, almost all, feature their mother, you know, <laughs> in some way. You know, she was she was the other key cast member. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. You know, we have, we all have kind of, um, uh, yeah, an impact on the generations that come after us. I'm not a mother myself. Um, but yeah, I, I spoke to parents, uh, kind of, kind of in, in preparing this book and, um, yeah, it came down to being open, um, you know, being, being proactive. Uh, Mm. so the average age, uh, for a, for a first period is 12, but, can be as young as eight. Um, so it's it's kind of wanting to get a step ahead on especially what they're going to be learning at school. You know, as a as a parent, you really want to be the first person to uh, you know, be their first source of information. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also being positive, you know, and I, I think that starts it starts very young, you know, like the, the goodness of having a body, uh, the goodness of having a female body. Um you know, and it and it's it's good to be a woman with a woman's body, but also you know a, an acknowledgement of that brokenness, um, mm-hmm. but also that hope. You know, and that's mm-hmm. that's what the world can't give uh, our daughters. Um, yeah. You know, that's what uh, you know. That's 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 what what's kind of missing in the narrative. You know, there's sort of uh, a real desire to you know here in the UK. You know, we talk about period poverty um you know that kind of things and those are real um yeah uh and the the kind of the kind of injustice of the the patriarchy and the kind of medical system that means that uh you know women aren't listened to um and and again you know there's definitely definitely some 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 real elements of that um Mm. but you know that there kind of feels like you know um yeah there's only only that hope can come from Christ you know we have we have a we don't have easy answers in the face of suffering um yeah. but we do have answers we're not just left asking asking why forever we know that one day mm-hmm. um uh Jesus is going to is going to come and give us new bodies 
Mm-hmm. And um, and, mm. and that's going to be a beautiful day. Amen to that, girl. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, yeah. I'm like, okay. Yes. <laughs> there is hope. Yeah. There is hope. Yeah. And as, and, and as women, I don't think we hear often enough our embodied experience echoed back to us in discipleship or in church spaces. Mm-hmm. And so I, I actually really appreciate uh, that you talked about in your book of like how to help. I think you spoke to a local pastor, right? Of like how to have these conversations in church and support women who are period having women in our, in as a part of discipleship. So I don't know if you want to say a little bit about that as well, but I thought that was really valuable insight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was struck. One, one pastor I spoke to um, uh, preparing this book, he told me that he always, he always talks about this when he does uh, like marriage preparation with, with couples and kind of talking to the guy, like you need to, uh, you need to have this conversation. You need to um, talk to your, you know, wife to be about about what it's like for her and uh, how you can support her. And you know, um, so I thought that was really wise. Um, but yeah, in terms of what I'd say to pastors, I definitely say, I think first I'd say, you know, ask your ask your Titus two women in your context. You know, Paul tells Titus to teach teach the older women so that they can teach the younger women um and and churches are so different and and cultural backgrounds are so different mm-hmm. um so i think i'd want to say you know you know speak to some of the those kind of titus two older women in your context about about what would be appropriate um but also you know like i don't know something like um in in your in your sermons maybe mm-hmm. uh you know where you might be com- comfortable kind of giving examples about you know cancer or 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 kind of you know your stressful job or you know when you're sort of talking about the pressures of life um you know why not mention the menopause you know why not mention uh that as something that 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 people might be wrestling with mm. as well as those other things uh just kind of signaling that you that you know that this is a thing that goes on yeah. uh and you know that this, this is a thing that that is hard for for many women um and that actually you know if they if 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 you're you know you're called to pastor your pastor your whole flock uh and that includes the women in it um and uh yeah just kind of uh signaling that you're not kind of freaked out by mm-hmm. women's issues mm-hmm. um, yeah mm-hmm. helpful that's mm-hmm. so good i feel like there's so there's so much more um, that we could talk about. There's so, there's so much because this is not a topic, like I said, that gets a lot of airtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really valuable to think about how women can show fully seen, um, in having our periods, how we can be cared for by our churches, by our local bodies, um, in, in period having, but also just like how we can have a better narrative, one that's centered on hope, one that sees like the symbolism even of our cycles, right? That that's cyclical, you talk about in your book, like moving between clean and unclean mm-hmm. um, as like holy and common. And there's, and there's that constant repetition in the Old Testament of moving back and forth and it's messy, uh, but one day Christ will set it all right. <laughs> and he already has through his sacrifice and resurrection. Yeah. yeah, And we wait for the fulfillment of that. And so there's so much hope in reclaiming that narrative, um, understanding how our bodies reflect the narrative 
that God has given us for the world um, and dignifying it in the lives of women in their periods, even in the midst of what yeah. is what is painful. Yeah, and, and, and that we do have the power of the Holy Spirit within us to uh, to operate and be empowered in this area in our lives. It is not a place of shame. It is not a place of embarrassment. It's not a place that is to be hidden or looked at negatively, but to look at looked at holistically, redemptively, and restoratively one day through the hope of Christ's return and making us all all, all new, you know? Um, and so on that note, Rachel, will you pray for us as women um, around uh, the embodied experience of who we are as women, but also uh, in, in our moments of menstruation? Father in heaven, we thank you so much uh, that you have made us. We thank you so much uh, that you have made us women. That we thank you for these uh, bodies that are beautiful um, but broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Lord, we thank you so much that you have good purposes for us. And so I just want to pray now for any sisters listening to this who are really struggling in this area in whatever way. Um, Lord, would you help them? Would you help us? Would you help all of us uh, to know that you see that, to know that you love us uh, and to set our hope afresh today on the Lord Jesus um, who, who came down, who came close, who was born of a Virgin Mary and suffered under Pontius Pilate and was crucified and died and was buried and is now with you in heaven. Uh, filling us with his spirit Um, and so Lord we set our hope on him we pray that uh, he would be renewing our minds uh, day by day renewing our hearts and we look forward to the day when he will renew our bodies Um, Lord we pray that that would be uh, what we cling to uh, in in the midst of, of difficult things um, and we just yeah we thank you and praise you again uh, that nothing is hidden from your sight uh, that that nothing is too um, uh, none of our none of our concerns are too weird or too gross or too whatever uh, Lord right. Lord for you um, and we just thank you that we get to uh, call you father in Jesus name amen. 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 Have a blessed day, ladies.